This is the Rhyme and Reason Podcast, episode 92. Who knows you? Do you sweat the details? Do you dream dreams? Is that your own opinion? Hey, put away childish things. And do you have joy and gladness? It's Rhyme and Reason time. Hey there, Tony here. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhyme and Reason podcast, where my goal is to sow Christian joy, to get you to love your neighbor as yourself, and to help you see there really is a rhyme and reason to life, and it's found right there in God's Word and in His promises. In today's Reason segment, I'm going to talk about who knows you better than you know yourself, how I sweat the details and why I shouldn't, how having a noble dream doesn't make you a Christian why your opinion of yourself isn't the ultimate one, how even memories can be childish things, and why the main theme in the Bible should bring everyone joy and gladness. But, you know, it's called the Rhyme and Reason Podcast, so first, a little rhyme time. And like I always say, when you visit TonyFunderberg.com, you'll find tons of words and music. This week's rhyme time sample is a song called Why. It's a song I wrote to explain to kids why the sky is blue. That should be easy, right? Well, here's the song with my take on it. It's called Why. Why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? Why is the sun gold? What does it all mean? Why is the air clear? Why is the ground brown? Why does the earth float and never fall down? Cause God made skies, He made them blue He made the world for me and you And all because it pleased Him too God loves us through and through why is a horse fast? Why is a snail slow? Why does it get cold when northern winds blow? Why is the sea green? Why is the sand white? Why is the day day? Why is the night night? Cause God made creatures big and small And sand and seas, He made them all And even and fall, God helps us to stand tall. God's love is always there. His love will never die So you can trust in Him For all your questions why Cause God made creatures big and small And sand and seas He made them all And even if we trip and fall God helps us to stand tall And God made skies, He made them blue 
He made the world for me and you And all because it pleased Him too God loves us through and through That is why God loves us through and through That is why God loves us through and through that's exactly why. I hope it brought a little joy to you there. I hope you play that for your kids. I think they might get a kick out of it. I've played it live and a lot of kids have enjoyed it. I want to get right back into the reason segment of the show here. Talking about, uh, has anyone ever said this to you? You know me better than I know myself. You ever heard that? Or maybe you've said it to somebody else. You know me better than I know myself. Well, sometimes, oftentimes, in fact, we're blind to who and how we are. We get so caught up in who or how we want to be that we forget who we really are. And we forget how God sees us. Well, if you're a child of the living God, then your identity is, as the Bible says, sealed unto the day of redemption and forever. And the God who created you knows even your sitting down and your rising up. I mean, that seems unimportant, but He knows even that. He knows your far-off thoughts and Whatever path you're on, and if you're lying down, your words, your deeds. But get this, He loves you with the greatest love anyway. God gives power, love, and a sound mind to anyone who asks for it. Not power like the Hollywood and the world think of the power, but, uh, but the power to change lives, to, to live through whatever the rulers of darkness throw your way, and to think through and solve complex problems. Now inside your head you have a brain so complex that even after decades of study doctors and scientists still only they only know a glimpse just a glimmer of what it can do. There'll never be any computer or any form of artificial intelligence to ever compare with what God has designed. And when you can uh, consider the complexity of the code written into every cell of your body. Consider it's how infinitely more complex your mind is and how infinitely more complex than that is the one who developed it all. I think you should also come to the conclusion that God knows me better than I know myself and He loves me better than I love myself and He loves all of us better than we love ourselves. As I always say, the proof is right there in black and white and red in His Word. Just got to open the book and let Him talk to you. Now, do you do you sweat the details of things? I uh, shared on my uh, website in an article called "I Sweat the Details" uh, that I do, and uh, you know it doesn't happen every moment or every hour or even every day, but I do sweat the details when I'm working on projects. And uh, whether I'm working for me or helping someone else, I have a tendency to zoom in my focus on some of the smallest things, you know. Even though I know I shouldn't do it, I still do it. So I, I put in there, note to self. And so this is as much to me as it is to anybody who might be listening. There's no such thing as perfection in this world. I know that all too well, but 
that doesn't stop me from trying to wiggle my way up as close to it as possible. Uh, funny thing is, even when I think I've gotten as close as I possibly can, when I come back uh, to the work a little bit later, you know, I see all the places where it could be improved. Is that, uh, has that ever happened to you? Do you sweat the details about anything in your life? Do you worry there's something better out there? You can see my my fingers going, you know, making the uh, air quotation marks out there. And you may never find it. Do you ever worry, I, I, I'm never going to find the something better. I just know it's out there. Well, I'd like to encourage you today with something that is perfect. Something you can hold on to and trust. Something that'll... Help alleviate your feelings of imperfections and allow you to rest. You interested? Here it is. The Word of God. Now, before you just, you know, shut me down, I'm not trying to tell you that by simply reading the Bible, all your perfection problems will magically go away. They won't. But, like I say, that's not the point. Trusting in the Word of God isn't about asking Him to wave His hand and make your life worry-free. He wants you to have your own will, your own choices, your own life to work and discover and improve. God's Word is not simply a wishing well or a genie or a fairy godmother. It's a blueprint for success. And what does a builder have to do with a blueprint? Can you, can you just simply have it and the house is built? No, no, you got to read it. The builder has to read it and study it, implement it, and here's the key. Only when tools are used does the house get built. Well, you're the same way. When you're studying the blueprint for your life uh, and you find that in God's Word, you're actually hearing from your Creator. His Word can truly come to life for you, and your life can be extended to eternity. It's not magical. It's design. God's design. It's complex, and it's written right into the code in every cell in your body, like I mentioned before. It's written on the tablet of your heart. The Bible says that. But God doesn't force it on you. You get to choose. I want to urge you today not to sweat the details. Jesus already did that. In fact, he sweat blood for you. But he's got it all worked out for those who trust him. And you got to reach out to him. Reaching out to him. That's the only real way to reach perfection. Because you're reaching out for perfection. Not your own, but His. Okay, um, you may have noticed this past week that um, it was we had Martin Luther King Day, right? And uh, I wrote a post based on that. His uh, famous speech called, I Have a Dream... Uh, I kind of extend that a little bit, and I put, I have a dream from heaven. Not to say I'm a better speechwriter, that's not what I'm doing, but I just wanted to kind of, uh, kind of piggyback on that. Uh, you know, I, I know that there were a lot of websites and, and TV uh, news programs uh, sharing that I have a dream speech, and um, that's a good thing. It was a great speech. It was given by a man dedicated to freedom and justice for all, and and I encourage you to, um, you know, check out uh, links where you can find that speech and read it and download it if you have to. Uh, one of the best parts of the speech that he said, uh, I think, is where he said, I have a dream that my four little children 
will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Now that's a good dream. That's a good message. I got a question though. Does that message mean that Dr. King was a Christian? Here's the answer. No. There's only one thing that determines a person's Christianity. Belief in Jesus Christ as the risen Savior of the world. Nothing else saves you. Nothing. No good deeds. No good intentions. No messages of freedom and justice for all people of all color. But here's the loving dichotomy found in the love available to everyone from God. And I want you to truly get this and let it sink in. Listen to how this works. Your bad deeds, bad intentions, and overall selfishness, they don't keep you out of heaven. And your good deeds, good intentions, and generosity, they don't get you into heaven. There's one key, and one key only, that will unlock the door to heaven. And that's belief in Jesus as your risen Savior. Sorry if you wanted it to be something else, it isn't. And don't be mad at me for being so exclusive. I didn't make this rule. Your creator, who became flesh so that he could suffer the punishment for your sins, is the one who says this. And he's the one that says this is the requirement. Well, I've, I didn't find any evidence. I went looking. I didn't find any evidence that uh, Dr. King professed Jesus as his Savior. In fact, I did find evidence to the contrary. I wasn't really looking for it with that bias, but that's what I found. And um, I wanted him to be a Christian. After all, what a message and a legacy he left behind. And if it could be shown that he was also a Christian, you know, his legacy would mean so much more, not only to the black people, but to everyone, anyone who seeks liberty and justice for all. Well, whether Dr. King was a Christian or not is now between him and God. Either way... His fate has already been determined, but if you're listening to me here, you're still here. You're still breathing. If you haven't looked into the saving grace of Jesus, I hope I can, uh, I hope I can encourage you to do so. You'll discover a, a love so immense and life-giving, you'll be glad to live forever in it, and you'll get to. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, I encourage you to tell someone about him today or to, to speak up in whatever pulpit or soapbox or medium you have. Be bold. Don't worry too much about what you'll say. I mean, just trust that he'll never leave you nor forsake you and he'll help you have the words, um, the right words when you need them. Now, I have a dream where every Christian speaks up for Jesus. And even if my dream never comes true, I still know we're on the winning team, thank God. Um, that sounds like my opinion, and somewhat it is. I guess uh, it's based on opinion, but it's also based on facts that I find in the Bible. Uh, but what about opinions? Is your, is your opinion of you what really matters? Uh, I've been reading in a few places lately writers saying things like, your own opinion is the only one that matters. Um, your own opinion of yourself, in other words. Or how you see yourself is all that counts. Or maybe you've, maybe you've heard something like, you're, you're the ultimate judge of who and how you are. Well, let me say something here. These statements are all wrong. 
Whoa, Tony, that's pretty harsh. Well, aren't these people just trying to help people with their self-esteem? I mean, don't they mean well? You know, I suppose some of them may be doing, uh, maybe trying to help that way, but they miss a very important point. You're not the ultimate judge of anything. That job is God's. And I'm talking ultimate judge. You can judge things for yourself, of course. But it's much, it's much more important how um, God sees you than you see yourself. And His opinion is the one that rules eternally, and it rules eternity. I mean, sure, it's sort of a heaven versus earth debate, but I want you to realize how words, they really mean things. They're not simply something to bandy about with with, with absolutely no regard as to how they'll affect lives, when you put words together in, in such a way to lift up humans as ultimate authorities, you're walking on spiritually thin ice, and spirit is what lives forever or exists. And it's much more beneficial, dependable, and secure to walk in the Word of God. He created you. He knows you down to the marrow of your bones, down to your DNA. I know I keep talking about that. You get right into it. For crying out loud, he put that DNA inside your cells. He put it in there. So it stands to reason he knows what's best for you. And that means his is more than just some opinion. His is solid, real-world application knowledge. God's wisdom works. Yours can, too, if it relies on His. So be smart and humble and trust Him. You know what? He'll lift you up much higher than your own opinion of yourself. That's a guarantee. Well, um, I know if you're a Christian, you may have heard um, the part, uh, I mean, the passage in the Bible where it talks about once I thought as a child, I acted as a child. Um, I was uh, reading that again, and I was looking at some things online that uh, where people were talking about, uh, uh, you know, the good old days. And I want to put this out there, uh, finish this statement. When I was a child, and think about when you were a child, what? When you were a child what? Was it better? You remember it better when you were a child? You liked it better? And uh, there's a place on my website on this, uh, this particular subject, uh, TonyFunderberg.com <clears throat> Tony forward slash when I was a child. You could leave comments in there for me, or you could leave comments on this, uh, uh, this podcast post, and even on iTunes if you like. But anyway, um, what would you fill in that blank with? Like, when I was a child, things were so much better. Or when I was a child, I had a lot more fun. Or when I was a child, people were nicer. Or how about these last two? When I was a child, grown-ups took better care of our world. Or when I was a child, life was just easier. You suppose any of those things are really true? Or could it be they're only true for you and your memories? After all, I mean, isn't it safe to imagine or, or figure the people who were grown-ups when you were a child also had those when-I-was-a-child memories? I believe every generation 
from the well at least from the second one on down they might have at least a few memories or thoughts like that you know fondly remembering childhood or even remembering with disdain or regrets it's all nothing more than a well, I don't know potentially negative distraction you can't go back and change things and it doesn't make sense to hold anyone from the past including yourself responsible for it so what makes more sense how about realizing those thoughts from your childhood were childish thoughts you were a child after all those memories were childish even if they're cherished and now is the time you actually live in and now it's time to put away those childish things that's in the Bible too same passage I mentioned before you know when I was a child me personally uh, this is gonna date me a little bit but howdy doody was still on TV so was the Andy Griffith show and I love Lucy and uh, a little uh, what do they call it claymation kind of thing or still action still thing uh, whatever they, that they would make a cartoon called Davy and Goliath if you've ever seen the movie Stand By Me you got a pretty good look at what things were like when other grown-ups were in control when I was a kid it was a much simpler time in America much more innocent but I can still remember hearing my grandparents lament what's this world coming to yes even they were saying it back then so it's I guess it's just a matter of perspective isn't it it's also a matter of putting on your grown-up clothes and doing something about here and now do something to bring joy to someone's life you know so they can have at least a glimmer of hope to be able to say life was so much nicer when I was a child wouldn't that be good you could pass that on what you would give is the gift of joy and gladness I mentioned that because that's mentioned a lot of times in this stuffy old book that's the way it's described known as the Bible there's a lot of people they think that you know the Bible is just full of rules and regulations that nobody can keep Young people are turned off by the very idea of what's in the Bible rather than actually open it and discover what it says for themselves. And it's too bad because it talks about things like joy and gladness. It's a lot of that in there. I mean, sure, if you read the Old Testament, you can find a huge list of so-called rules and regulations. Well, the Jews knew this as the Torah or the Word or the Scriptures and even as the Law. God gave commandments to, to uh, the Jews through Moses. You know, I'm sure you, maybe you've seen that movie, The Ten Commandments, with Charlton Heston playing Moses, and he brings down the, the uh, tablets of stone that he was up on the mountain and talking to God, and God sends him down with the law. Well, there are a lot more laws added uh, after that, in, and you'll find those in the book of Leviticus. Um, many of these laws were moral, and some were symbolic, like what kind of fabric to wear with what kind of fabric. I mean, it's not a crime, is it? But, yeah, there were quite a few. And they were difficult. Well, you know what? They were impossible to keep. But that's where joy and gladness come in. Huh? Well, let me go on here. 
thousands of years of working and trying to keep the law proved what? Everybody get good at it? No. It proved that no one could do it. They couldn't keep it. And so their lamb sacrifices for sins continued. They had to sacrifice a lamb to atone for their sins. And that continued year after year, decade after decade, century after century, until Emmanuel. Now, I use that word because it means God with us. And a little over 2,000 years ago, he was with us. Right here on planet Earth, God took on human flesh and, as the Bible said, dwelt among us. Maybe you've heard the name he was given. You ever heard this name, Jesus? Yes? Well, do you know what he did? I mean, do you really, really, really know what he did? He, being God from eternity past and eternity forever, took on human flesh in order that perfect spirit, eternal spirit, in human flesh could pay for sin once and for all. And he did that for you. You, right there, you. I see you. Oh, oh yeah, and he did it for me. Oh, oh yeah, and he did it for everyone who wants the freedom of eternal life. Jesus fulfilled the law perfectly because we couldn't do it. And yet, committing no sin, no crime, no wrong, he was sentenced to death. And think about this. First, he had horrible beatings, and they ridiculed him and mocked him and spit on him. Then, on top of that, they nailed him to a splintery wooden cross. Nailed nails, big, big nails, not like what you see in nail guns nowadays, right through his hands and feet. So, what did this accomplish? They kill a man, they nail him to a cross. I mean, what does that do? Well, he wasn't a mere man. He was God in the flesh, Emmanuel. The law that the Jews had been attempting to keep all those centuries um, from way before Jesus was born, it was finally kept and fulfilled in one perfect man. And so Jesus became the final sacrificial lamb. That's why he's known as the Lamb of God. Now, not only do the Jews receive a full pardon for sin, if they'll simply put their belief and trust in him, here's the really good news. This should bring you joy and gladness. So do all the rest of us. Every person gets to freely choose eternal life with God in heaven, or you could choose eternal existence apart from Him, and I'll leave that for another podcast and another time. But knowing you can live forever in paradise should bring great joy and gladness to your heart, your soul, your body, and your mind. Does it? I hope it does, but does it? If not, please get in touch with me through my website, TonyFunderberg.com, and I'd love to help if I can. I... My goal, as I said, is to sow Christian joy using my rhyme and reason um, abilities, and I hope I've done a little bit that uh, a little bit of that for you this week. And this is uh, with that. This is another episode of the Rhyme and Reason podcast, and I'll uh, see you next week. <laughs>